Hi, welcome to this um, live episode of Living and Working Abroad show. Welcome to today's episode where we're looking at uh, a number of things um, uh, with our main topic being on transfer pricing. And transfer pricing is increasingly a, a big issue uh, for expats living and working abroad. Um, depending upon the size of your business. And the business could be a, a trading business or it could be a, a, a rental business or, or any sort of cross-border business that, that could be a consideration. So we're going to have a quick look at that, see how that affects expats. Um, but before that, we'll do a, a news um, and topical issues of things, uh, 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 expat issues of coming up in the news over the last week um, and then if you've got any questions when you're listening uh, either on our twitter space uh, or on our youtube live webinar uh, you can leave a message and we'll get back to you and answer those questions and answers uh, as we go along welcome to this week's episode of living and working abroad show uh, where offering advice to expats living and working abroad, uh, families and business uh, across board and down generations. Uh, so we see ourselves as a family office and, and want to help and support expats doing that type of work uh, and, and that type of lifestyle. A couple of bits that have been in the news uh, over, over the last week. And whenever you look at UK news in particular, but any sort of uh, journalistic news is often driven by vested interests. So whether it's a business or whether it's a, a politician or political party, uh, they're trying to hold their sway for, for their point of view. And, and, and this is what you consider. So a couple of things that have come up this week that we see in the local media. First of all, is about inheritance tax, the threat of inheritance tax. Actually, it's nothing new. Um, the the, the uh, inheritance tax affects every family in Britain or every person that owns fixed assets in the UK uh, at, at their date of death. Um, and there's a personal allowance of £325,000 that can be handed over on death. The issue that, that has been raised in the press is the fact that that has uh, been fixed and it's not going to be changed anywhere between 2020 uh, to 2028. So the nil rate band of 325,000 has been limited so that um, with the price of uh, uh, property and shares going up year by year, more and more families are being caught up in the, in the uh, internet um, inheritance tax bubble as it goes along. They're projected to have a 63% increase in the inheritance tax take um, before 2028. Uh, and this is a, a tax that's charged on an estate. So if somebody dies and there's an, an inheritance tax liability, that inheritance tax is payable uh, within six months of death. Now, on first death between a, a married couple, um, there are exemptions, so the £325,000 allowances between parties that could be passed to the, the next person 
as also a, an additional property allowance. So a family could uh, pass up to a million um, uh, on, on first death of a married couple uh, to pass over on second death. But beyond that, then inheritance tax will start applying. But when a, a, you know, a terraced house in London can cost a million pounds, it quickly starts to add up. And uh, if you've got a million pounds that, that is liable for inheritance tax, that's 400,000 pounds that needs to be paid uh, before probate is granted and within six months of the date of death. So it's a big issue if you've got that liability, and if you haven't got the resources in the estate to, to be able to meet that, that tax bill without penalties and liabilities. And this is where proactive family office can come in because gifts can be made during a lifetime to reduce the amount of tax uh, uh, that, that's charged to inheritance tax. They can reduce the amount of the estate. So families can gift to each other um, and, and, and uh, potentially that gift can be exempt after seven years uh, and free of inheritance tax. It's a progressive thing. So with a long-term plan, you can create a family trust uh, to hold assets to pass to your next of kin. Once in a family trust, there is no inheritance tax that's be chargeable on that asset when that passes. And there's restrictions on uh, and taxes that are applicable to trusts in in the UK. However, a Cyprus International Trust doesn't have any. Uh, taxes for expats on worldwide assets. So there's a potential to transfer uh, business, investment and property assets into a Cyprus International Trust and avoid uh, inheritance tax in the long term. What you can't do is, is, is avoid the liability on your deathbed. So uh, if you've not made any planning and you're about to die, uh, then the inheritance tax liability is going to come knocking on the door. Uh, if you plan ahead uh, and make those gifts, you can retain control and give to the family uh, and, and the family can enjoy it down the generations. So for more information and guidance uh, on how to protect your family's wealth, uh, wherever those properties and investment assets are around the world, contact us at productpartnership.com. Another headline in the news recently uh, has been uh, 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 complaining about Brexit and the restrictions it's giving on people staying in Europe uh, in their holiday home. Uh, this is nothing new. This is EU legislation. This is EU Schengen zone uh, legislation and restrictions that have always been applicable since the Schengen zone was first introduced and have been refined and updated uh, in 2019 and 2021. Um, so the, the EU will apply uh, the Schengen Zone short stay rules uh, for residency um, throughout uh, any EU country that's in the Schengen Zone um, and other countries that are in the Schengen Zone, which some are in Europe and some are outside Europe. For more information and guidance, look at our website at projectpartnership.com where we've got feature on residency in the Schengen Zone. Schengen Zone is looking to be expanded. Croatia joined it this year. Romania and Bulgaria are close to joining it. 
and Cyprus wants to join it, but is not a member yet. But those short stay rules apply for uh, EU and Schengen zone countries, which means that uh, you're only entitled to be in the country for 90 days in any six month period. Now, this is a protection against uh, criminal, uh, police, or, or, or court actions um, uh, for tax evasion. That, 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 that's what it's for, is to, is to make sure that people pay a fair amount of tax, either in the home country or the country of residence. And, and they do this by, by restricting the movement of, of anybody uh, that, it, that is not a, an EU citizen or got a right to live in the EU. So uh, the Schengen zone, the EU allows freedom of movement. Freedom of movement is not necessarily the same as not paying taxes or breaking the law, um, uh, um, moving people, moving drugs, moving criminal activity. All those things are designed to be protected. And uh, the rule that applies within the Schengen zone is that you can't spend more than 90 days in 180 in, in an EU country. So this is nothing new. It does impact uh, uh, British people post-Brexit because um, the UK is no longer in the EU. Therefore, it, it, it can't be part of that. But it, if, if the UK had stayed in the EU and Brexit hadn't occurred, it would still have had to either join uh, the EU Schengen zone like Romania, Croatia and Bulgaria or apply to join like Cyprus or, or choose not to join uh, at all uh, like Ireland. Now between Ireland and the UK, they continue to have freedom of movement between the two countries dating back to the 1940s um, Ireland Act. Um, but for every other person that's not got this special Irish-British connection, um, you still have to have uh, uh, an entry visa coming to Cyprus if you want to stay more than 90 days, uh, i.e. longer than short-term stay. So although Ireland has not joined the EU Schengen zone, you've still got that short-stay restriction rule applies if you're not from the EU uh, or you're travelling into Cyprus and you want to stay for more than 90 days. Um, the answer... Uh, for anybody who's got a holiday home that wants to spend more than three months in any six-month period, is to get uh, a visitor's uh, visa or a resident permit. And that's where the complication comes in. If you have a visitor's visa and you're out of the country for more than three months, technically the visitor's visa is automatically revoked. Um, if you have a resident permit, then EU countries are now applying um, uh, requirements like having uh, cash in the bank, 10, 20,000, or, or annual income of 25, 30,000 to validate the residency permit. So to, to, to move beyond the short stay restriction for the EU uh, and the Schengen zone, uh, you have to be able to validate that you can afford to live there on a long-term basis. What that doesn't support is people that want to spend um, four months at a time uh, in, in a holiday home in France or Spain or Portugal or Cyprus. Uh, what it allows you to do is have spring in Provence, 
uh, an autumn in in uh, another country, but not uh, more than three months at a time. So a, a British expat could have three months in Spain and then three months in in France uh, straight after that, but they can't have four months or five months in Spain or inside um, or in another EU Schengen zone country. So Cyprus is not in the Schengen zone at the moment. That, so that general law doesn't apply. Um, but the, the Schengen zone countries, uh, which is all the EU countries plus a few others, so includes, you know, Switzerland, Iceland, uh, and, and Norway as well, uh, you're, still, you're always going to be restricted to that 90 and 180 days. Uh, for more information and guidance on your residency, the visitor visa or, or residency permit that you need uh, to support your lifestyle living and working abroad, contact us at ProPartnership.com. The other big issue in the news at the moment is uh, tax return season. So UK uh, tax returns are due from the 6th of April and, and uh, paper returns by the end of October. So we're busy completing those for our expat clients. So any expat who's got UK uh, capital gains arising or fixed income such as property rental income or for, uh, going forward uh, government service pensions uh, uh, if requested or if they've got taxable income from the UK uh, those expats have a UK tax return and product can help and assist with that uh, for other um, for expats that are living in a, an annual tax return country then it's coming up to the close of the season. With Cyprus, uh, they were delayed through their own technical and legal reasons. So we've got an extension to September, but any expat who needs uh, help and guidance on completing their uh, annual tax return for 2022 can contact us at approachpartnership.com. In Cyprus, it, we keep emphasizing to expats, if you've got a taxable income liability, that's not taxed at source in Cyprus, um, then you're supposed to do a self-assessment in July and December each year and pay whatever tax is due. And you should pay at least three quarters of that bill each year. So this is something we consistently advised over the years and, and clients do fall foul of that. If you don't pay in those small windows, um, then you can only pay the balance, uh, possibly even when you do the tax return for the full year. So it's only since July, the middle of July 23, we're able to complete the full tax return for 2022. Um, and th th those tax returns, if there's a balance, um, once that tax return is submitted, you can then pay the balance of tax that you could have paid or should have paid under self-assessment in 2022 for that income. And that could lead to penalties and taxes. So if you're uncertain about your uh, Cyprus or UK tax position as an expat living or working abroad, contact us at propartnership.com. Now, onto the joy of transfer pricing. Now, this isn't a core issue for product partnership as tax advisors to expats living and working abroad, but transfer pricing is all about cross-border business uh, so if you're working uh, with, with more than one business across border, um, 
either as a personal service company or any other means, then potentially you need to consider the implications of, of transfer pricing. The purpose of transfer pricing is to stop um, uh, a, a profit from business being invoiced out of one country to be taxed in other low-tax low countries. So if you're in, in the Middle East, what they don't want you to do is transfer out um, all your uh, profit from the UK, where corporation tax is 19 to 25% to pay zero tax in the Middle East, or 12.5% in Cyprus. Um, and, and this is the issue around transfer pricing. So it's, it's designed and under the auspices of the OECD to give a fair tax re, uh, treatment uh, for those countries uh, around the world. Um, and, and that's what it's about. The, the different ways to deal with it and different considerations that you need to take. Um, but a connected business will be one where there's um, a 25% common shareholding. So if, if, you're, if you own two companies, uh, either as a personal service company where you're an individual tax resident in one country and trading out of another, uh, that could be a related uh, business transaction. Or if you own two corporations in two different companies, that too can be uh, a, a related business. Um, transfer pricing rules, have uh, 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 sort of come in and been updated uh, in 2023 in many countries around the world as the OECD bring in additional provisions um, uh, for Cyprus um, from 2023 uh, transfer pricing rules applies for turnover uh, in excess of £750,000 so it's, it's a lot of money uh, but it's not a lot of money for, for some businesses in the UK, um, transfer pricing can have an exemption for small and medium-sized companies. So small and medium-sized companies might have less than 50 employees and less than 10 million turnover. So it's, it's quite a lot bigger exemption that can apply for a UK company that's operating as a small uh, and medium company and applying for those transfer price exemptions. Um, but for Cyprus, uh, if you've got a, a company or an individual that's tax resident in the UK and they're trading with themselves uh, or a related company, uh, then uh, at a relatively low level, uh, transfer pricing rules uh, can uh, come into play. Um, and and what, what that means is that there's an additional reporting requirement to maintain local files or, or central files for the whole group to document and summarize that, that there's fair treatment and that there's not a, a tax avoidance or tax evasion issue going on by transferring profit from one jurisdiction to another. Um, in, in Cyprus, uh, any individual or um, who's uh, trading as a sole trader uh, with uh, a significant uh, turnover over 80,000 euros or any company at all, they all have to go through an audit. And, and in the UK, aud audits don't apply until turnover exceeds five, five million. But in the, U 
in Cyprus, it, it's all businesses. So the audit is already there and the transfer pricing reports are in addition to, to that that need to be done alongside the, the audit and the report. So uh, for UK uh, expats or expats coming to Cyprus, you need to be aware that there is this audit requirement on all businesses or all um, contractors with significant income that's being earned in Cyprus. Um, for more information guidance on that, contact us at productpartnership.com. Um, the, the, the best way, the simple way to deal with transfer pricing is very, very simply, it's just that you, you set up a framework for your business because you know, product primarily focus on, on, on small, smaller businesses. As long as your business has got a consistent pricing approach for uh, individual contracts and, 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 and that it provides, so you charge the same price in two different countries uh, and you're not uh, charging uh, an hourly rate of 50 uh, euros in, in one country and 250 euros in, in the next country. Whatever your hourly rate is, make that consistent. So the, 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 the pricing of the related businesses across border can be compared and be seen to be the same. It's a simple, consistent way to do that. Uh, and to make sure that there's a constant uh, profit charge um, and, and there's a fair amount of tax that's paid in each jurisdiction. Uh, uh, you then get a consistent approach applied to your business year after year. Uh, e even though you've got distinct business where you might have a company in one country, a sole trader in the next country, or um, uh, an active a trading company in one business, but a license operation in another country, uh, taking royalties and license fees from that business. Uh, it's clear and it's consistent, and there's that regular flow of income from that, which is, is, is can be summarized clearly in the documentation. Um, so you can still plan to reduce the total uh, global tax liability of the business, um, but it's done in a, a fair and equitable way that can be backed up with the evidence that you've retained the, the records and you're not uh, uh, trying to transfer profit out to a zero tax regime uh, and avoid uh, any tax at all. So um, at the moment, I don't have any questions that have come from, from uh, today's live webinar. Uh, but thank you. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, so what I'll do now is we'll just summarise what we said today. Uh, in the news, uh, there's a lot about inheritance tax and it going up, but that's because the tax uh, allowances for UK inheritance tax have been fixed through to 2028. So over the next uh, seven years, uh, if you do nothing, then your, your inheritance tax liability for your family will increase. Uh, but using a, a family office like ProRight, you can potentially transfer assets out and avoid 40% inheritance tax, saving 400,000 on every million pound of investment in property and business assets that you have uh, for your business. We talked about, uh, uh, as well, we talked about Brexit and how it, it, it's not quite what it seems. 
So some people complain about Brexit and short-stay rules, but the Schengen zone applies to short-stay rules irrespective of Brexit. Uh, so uh, uh, UK citizens would have been subject to those rules anyway uh, if, if the UK didn't join the Schengen zone. Uh, the freedom of movement still wouldn't have existed uh, in, in quite the same way. Um, so if you need help and assistance with the visitors, um, visas or, or resident permits, contact us at appropriatepartnership.com. Tax returns are now due. If you need help and guidance, contact us um, at appropriatepartnership.com. Uh, next week, we're going to feature the new uh, Golden Visa rules and regulations for Portugal. And again, this will feed into the changes uh, being implemented by the EU um, uh, as a result of the OECD rules and the changes uh, to uh, strengthen up the Schengen zone and the short stay rules uh, and, and get more uh, profitable uh, investment uh, uh, based expats uh, moving away from real estate uh, investment into uh, business and job creation. Uh, so contact us um, and see our YouTube channel for the Living, Working Abroad show next week, as well as uh, live news and updates. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.